Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 12 of the 24 Stories podcast. This week it's going to be all about the world of design and I'm delighted to be joined by the creative director of Chapter, uh, Deirdre Cochran. Welcome to the podcast, Deirdre. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Listen, I'm sure anyone that knows anything about design in Cork is very familiar with you, but they might be familiar where the story started. True, yeah. So if I take you back to when you were a young girl, were you always into design in school and stuff? Did you do art and things like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I come from quite an academic family. Okay. So design, there wasn't really a roadmap, if you know, <laughs> or... Um, you, they must have been frightened when they saw you kind of getting more creative. So if they're they very were, academic, were they? They were really supportive of yeah. it. But I think, you know, it wasn't something they knew much about. Mm. But my mum tells the story. So my mum grew up on Barrack Street. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, St. Finbar's Cathedral. Yeah. And they always used to run past it in the morning in yeah. case that the... Angel would blow her trumpet, which meant the end of the world. That's right, yeah. yeah. That story, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was obviously Protestant, and my mum was is very Catholic, yeah. so they'd never been there. Yeah. And in school, when I was around 10, 11, my son's age now, they took us on a school tour, and I came home alive, amazed by the gargoyles, yeah. the architecture. And the following Sunday, we went as a family to see it. And yeah. so I suppose they really supported it. But that would be when my mum said she first saw, okay, wow. You know, I was totally... You were seeing uh, things different from yeah. all the kids. Yeah, and just excited and um, thrilled by it. Which recently, uh, funny story, but um, we went back for uh, Culture Night. Yeah, <laughs> and, Joe, yeah, yeah. and we'd had a big uh, launch that morning. We'd had a few drinks as a team. And Joe, Joe brought us there for Culture Night, which we didn't realise was mass. And so we oh. ended up... <laughs> <laughs> up in the front, massage, the yeah? front pew after about six drinks <laughs> back it was a funny moment to kind of come full circle and come back there but it's still an amazing space that excites me yeah but it's amazing how something like that can just ignite a passion yeah. for someone yeah you know yeah, something so, on your doorstep that yeah. a lot of people would walk past every day yeah and my mum had her whole life so yeah. I suppose that was kind of what was funny about it and um yeah so that was probably the beginning of them recognising a bit of that with yeah. me but then probably in my teenage years like in school it's still something I get a bit upset about I don't yeah. think art is still valued it's, I definitely know from yeah. my niece and my stepdaughters right now it's still even in secondary school not given the kind of I suppose respect and people still don't see the career path out of it which I find yeah, mind blowing it's, <laughs> it's a kind of seen as the hairy fairy kind of subject a kind yeah. of uh, that, that's a kind of a DOS kind of you know you do nothing in that class is I, it? I don't know I just think that it never was linked to a career so yeah. it's either you became an art teacher or you know you do fine art but you mm. don't get a career the starving artist I suppose yeah. whereas I think both you and I know plenty of creatives yeah. making really great yeah. living out of the fact that they yeah. are using their talent yeah. so it's disappointing Disappointing to see that that hasn't moved on, I suppose. But um, example, in my leaving cert year, I'd no art teacher for three months. Oh I don't God. think there's any subject that Crazy. that would be yeah. kind of allowed. So kind of in school, it's not like I was hell bent on doing art. Mm. I kind of um, didn't think I was that good at it because I'm not good at drawing. <laughs> so a lot of people and I still get this from kind of, you know, transition year students who are fascinated by design and, yeah. you know, the future and, yeah. you know, but they can't draw. I mean, I... I, I 
can't draw it's never held me back so I think it's more that kind of really obvious place mm. that people think is arty mm. but there's lots of forms of creativity I suppose and they still go unnoticed but what I would say is changing rapidly is big business is very aware of the power of creativity of power of creativity yeah and the titles and the job titles within big business is changing and that will filter down but there's still change needed there so yeah yeah I always remember I did art and it actually was my best subject in the even oh, really? as well yeah. and um I remember meeting a teacher, my teacher, a couple of years afterwards, and I and I said to her, "You know what? Um, no one ever joins art with marketing. Yeah. No one ever correlates the two of those together." And I said, "They're actually it's brilliant because I said in marketing you have a you're basically starting with a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to come up with ideas, and that's exactly what art is. That's, it's exactly what art you know? is. It's modern art, I suppose. You know, it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, pe- as you said, people think." we're going to have to do life drawings or draw apples or, you know, it's always that perception. Which wouldn't suit my nature. It's too slow. Whereas I'm kind of like up in the bigger ideas and joining things up and connecting things that I see happening in the world with an outcome that that we can create physically or digitally. So creativity just comes in many formats. and, And I think it's still being seen very narrow, but I'm excited to see it changing. So when it came to college, then what happened? So I suppose what happened then in my teenage years was sport was huge for me. So okay. everything was about sport. So I was a rower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I trained um, three times a day in the summer, seven yeah. days a week. I trained all winter long. So rode for Ireland yeah. and all I was going to do was rowing. That was my only thing. I was absolutely, utterly obsessed and lived fresh, loved it, loved the people that I rode with yeah. in Shandon loved um, the coaches, everything about it. I absolutely loved. And then uh, when the December of my leaving cert year, I got injured and had to give up overnight. Oh, God. And so I was pretty devastated. Yeah, it wasn't, um, I wasn't prepared for it, you know. Did you have, in your own mind, were you kind of thinking, I'm going to go into college, try to get a scholarship and do rowing in, in yeah. competitively in college and stuff? I had looked at that, but like I suppose when you're at that level, like it's kind of embarrassing to say it, but I suppose when we were 17 and 18, they're mm. tracking your times yeah. versus everybody in the world. They're saying the words like Olympics. They're saying yeah, things yeah. like that to you, that I was lightweight. I could have um, had a career. So that was all I, I wasn't thinking really about college. Yeah. I had School did not excite me in any way, which I, I find fascinating now, but yeah. I was very bored by school. Mm. So sport just totally set me alight. So I kind of wasn't focused on it and then it was just taken away overnight. I was pretty devastated, if I'm honest. I think looking back, that was a real hard thing for me um, that it took me years to probably unravel. Then I absolutely... How did you pick yourself up from that? It was hard and like my parents were really supportive. Um, I would say that my sister is older than me and she got 10 A's and 8 A's and first in medicine. So she's is actually a genius. So yeah. coming up behind her as well was probably really hard to follow in those footsteps. Yeah. So I suppose my parents were just like kind of saying with real compassion, mm. uh, we don't expect the same from you. Yeah. But I think, you know, years later, we've all come to realise that's probably not the best thing to say. But they yeah. said it with such compassion, really. They meant the best for it. But it was quite demotivating, I think, overall. So I was quite lost. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and my mum stayed up with me the night that the CEO had to be put in we stayed up all night I picked a couple of subjects but I did or a couple of courses mm. but really was just ticking the box and kind of decided at the end like hadn't slept that I wasn't going to go to college and I went to quite an academic school quite an academic family that was yeah. a big statement yeah. so I would say across that whole summer I was kind of challenged by a lot of people about why I didn't want to go to college yeah. and um, I worked in a chemist and I really enjoyed it like I've always enjoyed people I like people yeah. 
but they were they were probably all my age now but they to me at the time as a like 18 19 they seemed like much older than me yeah, yeah. and I kind of realized I would love to hang out with people my age yeah. again so my when the day I got my results I ran upstairs didn't tell anybody and looked up what course did I get so I got designed for print in CIT uh, MTU now and I just was like oh that sounds interesting I I might do that Look. so it wasn't that you were hell bent on it or, no. you know it was kind of just let, let's fill out the form we'll see what happens yeah yeah no like clueless about yeah. the course in any yeah. way really and I was only out there um on last week but I was overseeing the grades and like they're external fabulous probably, extern yeah. sorry yeah. it was an yeah. extern and uh, I just I got so lucky I just from the day the first day I walked into that college course yeah. I was like wow I love this and then my first job after that was the Irish Examiner and I was telling them this the other day that the first day I sat down the Irish Examiner I was like oh my god someone's going to pay me to do this so I just got lucky. I fell into something that I absolutely loved or just allowed a part of me to yeah, come out yeah. and allowed me to see that I had skills and talents. And I would say something I'm very passionate about, I suppose, is making sure that others see the value of creativity because I would yeah. think it did take me probably 20 more years to realise that it's a talent and a real skill rather than I just like my job, you know. Like, you know? <laughs> and do you think a lot of people have it naturally? Like yes, creativity and it's just not kind of brought out in them. Yeah, and I fundamentally believe if you're not leaving it out, you can't be happy. Yeah, it's a disconnect in your beliefs and your behaviors. If and that is leads to an unhappiness. Yeah. You know, I think it's a really the people I I suppose I've been lucky now to work with lots of creatives in many forms. Like yeah. that does that could be you know um somebody who's in marketing. Somebody it's not always the designers. Yeah. You know it's the photographers. Yeah. It's the photographers' assistants. It's mm. anybody who treads that world. I suppose in a creative capacity. But you know there's it's a way of thinking and seeing the world that I think you have to have an outlet for. Because over the last couple of years, we've seen a huge focus on getting people into science and tech mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We never really hear a push for creativity in secondary yeah. schools, though, to the, the same extent. Kim Mackenzie Doyle is doing a brilliant project called The Big Idea. Okay. And it's about really bringing teachers and students along kind yeah. of from transition year on. And yeah. um, she does a ma- she's amazing at what she does. And she's a massive caller to the design community to support this project and yeah. give back, um, which is something I've been doing for We've all been doing for years, I suppose. And she just needs bigger numbers now because it's yeah. growing. But that would be one one avenue, but yeah. it's not probably enough, you know. So it's something we're looking to do at the moment ourselves in chapter would be, you know, we, we briefly did a TikTok where we we alluded to it, but the quality is pretty low. And I was like, great, we could do better <laughs> yeah, than this. That's OK on TikTok. Anyway. It's OK. But yeah, but I, like, knowing that that youthful audience is yeah. there. And I suppose we it's something we would get a lot of transition year students for the business. It probably doesn't make too much sense to have a lot of transition year students, yeah. but we will take them sometimes when I if I know the people, I suppose. But obviously interns from kind of college on because I yeah. think they really get to see what a creative space and what a creative career looks like. I suppose the transition yeah. your student is more like work shadowing and they're kind of getting inspired, aren't they? Yeah. More so than actually doing the work. And, and I'd love to be able to bring them in, but yeah. it's just not practical. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you were that young 20 odd year old going yeah. into the examiner, you were the naive person. Yeah. Like, did you get mentored? Like, like what happened when you went in? Yeah, I would say Nola Callan in there would have yeah. been great. Yeah. And I was 21 and mm. I was on a team, 10 men, nine men and me. Oh gosh, <laughs> and yeah. so it was really yeah. interesting. And no, I loved what I did. Like, I think it gave me a great grounding. It's all about pace. So in the like in something like a newspaper, it's designing sharp, honing your mm. 
like I would have always said I couldn't spell and I just mm. had just accepted that I couldn't spell mm. well really in a role like that you can't yeah. say something yeah. like that so I had to really learn mm. that it was a weakness for me and I needed to double check and triple check everything and actually I would hate now like I would never leave a text go with a spelling mistake like it's just yeah, it? yeah it's like I it's something I've learned and a muscle I flexed and gotten better at I suppose but yeah I got great grounding in there because of that so just the pace of things and I think really luckily showing wage, which, you know, I actually did some of the printing in there as well, made, made the plates and to see a printing press at was that, that size. Was that in Academy Street? Yeah, in Academy Street. Yeah, I I'd say there was a great buzz down there. Yeah, say, there was. Yeah, yeah, it was a really great um, team. She's still friends with a lot yeah. of people I met in there and yeah, and lovely that's people. Probably newspapers nearly reached their height before they kind of went into the digital yeah. era that we're in now yeah, yeah, in yeah. the early 2000s and, you know massive job sections in the paper on a Friday the the weekend and all of that the property was booming yeah 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 yeah, absolutely yeah it was a good era yeah and so where did you go after that then so then I was contacted by somebody from the Irish Independent I'm like how much do you share (laughs) to set up a department in Cork a similar department so I was only about 24 25 okay and um that was big and, it was and a I said yeah, it was yeah. a big opportunity and I set up the department and just everything from a technical perspective yeah. set all of that up but I suppose um, you see it now with people that age as well you know I was kind of looking for more of a challenge I mm. suppose so I went to Dublin um, just because my friends and life yeah. was all kind of pivoting around Dublin yeah. at the time and um, so I went there then and got a great job in RT on in the um RT guide but oh. I wasn't working on the guide itself I was yeah. working with an editor and we would do um, supplements so it could have been so it was really interesting because it was like all of my broad <laughs> passion so it could have been one month it would, it would have been about fashion and we yeah. would have maybe a two to three week turnaround and yeah. we would write and style and photograph mm. everything that would go into that supplement and the following one then could have been on sports to commemorate I don't know was it the World Cup or something yeah. and yeah. we're doing lots of kind of like graphs of leagues and Ooh. things like that so I loved designing those and then there was I think commemorating something for about already 20 years of something and you know, it was really broad really interesting got to meet a lot of people got to do a lot of photography like creative directing photography and working with a really great editor so I enjoyed Three that Three big media outlets really yeah. the, the Examiner the Independent RT Yeah 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 like A great apprenticeship in many ways Yeah that's true and all kind of around publishing I suppose which yeah. I loved yeah but I suppose the one thing then I kind of hadn't done I suppose was brand and that was yeah. always probably something I was very aware of very interested in so I um, I came back to Cork probably I can't remember what age I was maybe like 27 mm. and worked in an agency and worked on the super value brand for quite a long time oh. um, which was fascinating yeah, and I loved yeah. yeah and it was like when Little and Aldi were really coming into the yeah, market yeah. so it was quite competitive and I would say that was really where strategy came to the fore for me as a yeah. skill and it would have been looking at um you know maybe 46 weeks of press and a rolling headline that yeah. started like week one and yeah. you know we, you're driving home a message that was true to the business on those headlines in the newspaper so managing big projects like that and um probably yeah a lot of kind of campaigns you know around real rewards the loyalty scheme around bakery and a lot of that probably only started around then did it and and that whole kind of thing where super value changed from being that kind of cheap brand to kind of being more like a premium it was definitely a premium brand at that time yeah yeah yeah. and around um you know real food real people you know um and kind of helping them tell that story really in many many ways so it was really interesting local type brand as well and focused in on 
who ran the individual stores. Exactly, and yeah. yeah. And, and they have an interesting model that way. Like yeah, it's different yeah. to others. And um, so, yeah, I loved all that. And that really, I suppose a lot of it was creative, but a lot mm. of it was strategic. And I and I kind of loved both, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And did you stay there for a good few years? Stay there for a good few years. And then I suppose I was pregnant with my son, yeah. Hugh. And that had been a pretty long journey to, to have him. And yeah. I kind of, I suppose... You know, agency life is great, but it was like 60 hours a week and I kind of couldn't figure out how I was going to make that work. Mm. I had never had an ambition to have my own business ever, ever, not even for a second. Mm. I had done no freelance work like a lot of designers will have the odd freelance. Yeah, I don't think I even had one. I had no freelance projects, um, but I just had a burning desire to be his mom. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to make that work. So. I suppose I decided to go out on my own. Yeah. Um, and work around. Around him. The yeah. work-life balance is yeah. a lot of people strive for nowadays. Yeah. 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 So I kind of thought it would be that I would be down in Man Point with my friends yeah. and Hugh in a buggy and yeah. that if I needed to send an email, I'd just have the laptop and I could send an email. Yeah. And that was that might have happened once ever. <laughs> so I was quite naive. Yeah. Um, so I suppose I would say Chapter was built with Hugh in a maxi cozy in one hand. Yeah. And me with the laptop in my other and going out and trying to drum up business from scratch, from nowhere. Like I had no base of any even freelance clients to fall back on. And, you know, know, when you were in the agency life, were you ever meeting clients? Yeah, 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 I was. You would have been known, but you weren't in sales. Well, I wasn't in in sales very briefly. And also, I suppose my contract would have excluded me from contacting anybody yes. there which I would take very seriously so yeah. I couldn't go after and wouldn't do yeah. that yeah. so I had to kind of find it from elsewhere and mm. that was smaller brands smaller people so one of the first people I worked with would have been Rachel from Eyebrow and we yeah. both knew each other um, like our parents my our mothers would know each other so we were about 10 years apart in age and we wouldn't know each other that well yeah. but she was doing my eyebrows and I had Hugh in the buggy and she was telling me she was thinking of doing something yeah. and I was like well I could do the brand for you yeah. you know so it was yeah. small little conversations like yeah. that and then when I would have done her brand it would have been like well what are you going to do with the interior and then I would help with the interior and and then somebody else would hear about that and I would do their project and it was just all word of mouth but and then I suppose eventually Super Value did come back to me and I started doing bigger projects for them and then I got the Photo Island Resort account I suppose at an important time for them and they were doing the Kingsley Hotel so I would have done that rebrand so kind of I suppose ended up working like 100 hours a week (laughs) but make it work around being a mom like I had no childcare really so like looking back it's not something I would recommend to anybody I kind of ran myself into the ground you know I was a bit worn out definitely not a bit definitely worn out and just kind of like sprinting up the stairs to like get to the computer and work 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 and then you know in the evening times like get huge sleep and then work 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 and then get up he might be up at six, so I might get up at five to work, you know, and just like there were years like that, you and know. I'm sure there's people listening to this that are going through the exact same. <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. And, you know. It gets easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely gets easier. They don't get up but, at six always anyway. Yeah, That's one step. Oh, yeah, unfortunately I do. But it's, um, yeah, so it was like really hard, long hours. That's what I put in in the beginning. Um, And just doing good work for people. So they tell other people mm. and and it just kept going. And there was a fear. There was an absolute fear. It was my marriage had ended. I was on my own. I was a single parent. I hadn't seen my life going that way. So I had to provide for him. I had to do yeah. it. So kind of, you know, I just had this burning That's even more desire. pressure. 
it was a lot of if pressure. If you're trying to run yeah. a business and, you know, yeah. by yourself. and Yeah, learn to be a parent too. Yeah. I think that's something we don't talk about enough. No. Like it's such a shock to the system. Like yeah. my neighbours had a baby recently. And, you know, you can't prepare anybody for it. Everybody no. just has to figure it out on their own. But it is like such a shock mm. when you, you know, are so responsible for somebody and yeah. you have to learn what way you want to do it. And I probably went into it because I'd babysat so many kids in my life and had always got on with kids. I still to this day love kids. But I... Different though, isn't it? It's totally yeah. different. Yeah. 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 You can hand it back. <laughs> it's totally different. So I was a bit naive about that. Yeah. And so like I was learning to run a business. Well, I was still freelancing. I suppose I didn't see it as a business. Yes. I was learning... You were sole to, trader. Sole trader. <laughs> just learning to, I don't know, readjust my whole life in every way, I suppose. Yeah. So it was a challenging few years. So you yeah. were doing the working from home before yeah. it became a trend as yeah, such. Yeah, 100%. And you then know. because I was a single parent, I couldn't leave the house at night. So yeah. it's kind of looking back, there was kind of a four year period yeah. where I just didn't leave the house at all. And it's not healthy, it's not no, great. But no. like I did it and like, you know, I wouldn't like to do it again, but it, it was what needed to be done. And very little time. social interaction then I'd say as well, just because work. you're constantly in the house. Work and the clients and I've always loved the clients that I've worked with mm. and it's always ended up like I suppose that I get on with people yeah. hopefully anyway and um so that was really my outlet that was my only outlet like I have amazing friends but they mm. were you know I suppose I didn't really have that much time for yeah. friends at the time yeah, mm. yeah. Um, the interesting thing you said well ago as well is that you know with Ibro you started looking at interiors that usually yeah. wouldn't be seen with with a graphic yeah. designer no you know They'd be seen as two different things. Yeah, but I think that's really interesting. Um, it's brand. So yeah. I suppose people to see us are, I, I probably haven't referred to myself as a graphic designer in a long time, but yeah. that is what I trained to be and that yeah. is what I was. And, but, you know, we work on brand and that's yeah. not a logo. It is a logo, but it's not just a logo. Yeah. And so for me, you're, what would be the point in this great brand if it just, if you walk in and the space doesn't represent yeah. that yeah. in any way. So for me, it's just an extension of brand. Yeah. And that's the same when we started taking on websites, video. It's all an extension of the same idea. So we work with clients to understand who they are, yeah. what they have to say, yeah. who they're trying to attract. And every touch point then around that it needs to speak to those values, mm. needs to speak to that mission and vision. And so I just get excited. That's why I'm so excited about the future. So excited about the metaverse. It's just another place to explore, another place to be creative, another place to kind of play, I suppose, yeah. you know, and that's kind of um, so I would see us always ever evolving in that regard. So interiors, I love it. And it grew and we've done you know, quite extensive interiors over time. Um, like we did the bookshelf um, yeah. for Paul and we did um, the Elysian and then probably the most recent one that we haven't talked about a lot is this great team called, they have a business called Births in Clannacilty. And now Simon, my partner, he's in the business and he has interiors experience. So I suppose we kind of came to the point where the projects got bigger, bigger yeah. and we would need, yeah. we needed more experience to be able to, you know, it was, it was more structural rather yeah. than just like, Aesthetics. So, so, so when yeah. did that journey start? So you were working by yourself for four yeah. years. Yeah. Who who was the first employer? Oh, when did yeah. it happen? So I I suppose about two and a half years in. So yeah. Hugh was small, and I was just thinking something's got to give. Yeah. Like I'm kind of you know worn out, yeah. and and I kind of thought about hiring somebody. So I pushed. A job post. I'm not sure where I put it. And I got a couple, a lot of people replied, which was not what I was expecting either. Yeah. And then that yeah. was more admin and more stuff to kind of filter through. But this one girl seemed like really impressive. And she was. And we had a great time actually working together. But she 
came down to my house and it was I said to her because I couldn't leave I said come to my house at nine o'clock and I fully thought I'd have you in bed and I just always remember she came and I was like in gym leggings there was three clothes horses of clothes uh, Hugh was still up and I had a huge dog at the time <laughs> and I was just like who would want to work here like yeah. in this madhouse um, but she got on great and I suppose it was really a defining moment the very first morning that she I, I had set up a bedroom where I had an office and then I had another desk lovely set up and it yeah. all looked lovely and all that but that wasn't what it was about. I suppose she sat down and the first thing she went to show me, her hand was shaking. And I just went, no, no. Like, I, as I never had an ambition to start a business. Yeah. And I had all of that had kind of happened out of, OK, I have to do this. Yeah. Because it's growing and there's just too much work. But yeah. that was the moment where I said, OK, if we're doing this, we're doing it differently. Yeah. I wouldn't want anybody to be afraid to show me the, what they were working on. And yeah. like, that's because creativity takes courage yeah. and it needs to be in a safe place and it can't be in somewhere that like if you want to do really brave work you can't have somebody afraid to put their idea out there because somebody will laugh at it or somebody yeah. will um, kind of critique it yeah. and I suppose I'd had creative directors who had like said to me you're shit sorry are you like yeah, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> and things yeah, like that I'm you know really like good. literally though in a working environment yeah. said that to somebody like and, and actually even though I lacked confidence I stood in that room that day and I knew the work wasn't shit you know so um, I suppose that was the beginning of backing me and backing like the ambition that this could be something bigger something cooler and could stand for something I don't know that you believed in rather than the usual stereotypical type agency with creativity at the core you know being all about creativity and Mm. supporting people to be creative and that that really what is what chapter came to mean Um, still something we work on every day to to yeah, achieve so where, that. where did that name come from? So the name, so what is funny is that we do a lot of naming. It's a yeah. big part of what we do. We've yeah. named a lot of businesses. But at the time, I think it was a sole, I was a sole trader and it needed to change to a limited company. Yeah. And my accountant rang and he was like, you need to give it to me in half an hour. Oh God, and I was yeah, like, that fast. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, but why? And he's like, I don't know. He had his reasons. And I was dropping huge crash and I was driving back going, what am I going to call this? And um I still do this. If I wake in the middle of the night, I might email myself something. So yeah. I knew I had something around, needed to have a website. And I put in from me to me and the word website and up came the name chapter start anew. And with my life kind of moving into a whole new phase, it yeah. felt like the right name. And I suppose ultimately a lot of agencies can have kind of like cool names. Whereas yeah. I felt like I just, there was, I don't want any gimmicks. I wanted it to be really solid, yeah. really elegant and timeless and yeah. Actually, but what it's truly come to mean is um, lifelong learning. That's really, it's like we'll never be done. Like we will never, we will just continuously want to learn, turn into the new chapter. It's like the best name ever, really, because it's just fundamental to my beliefs that like we just have to keep evolving, keep learning. We'll never know everything. So there is no end. And there's loads of chapters in your life anyway. Exactly. So it's worked. It served me really, really well. And I've, yeah, I've never tired of it, which was my biggest fear with a name. Yeah. You know that I that I picked in a hurry. <laughs> I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. And you say you do that for other businesses. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Tell me, what's the process involved in that? Do you sit down with a big blank piece of paper or whiteboard or something and start throwing things up there? Yeah. Usually, what we will do is we'll know we'll have done work. We'll mm. have done a workshop about who the business are. Yeah. You know, and what they're trying to achieve. What mm. is it that they need people to feel and know about them instantly? Mm. So your name is a great part of that. You know, it's a, like if, if it works, like 24 stories, you know, if, yeah, you know somebody yeah. knows straight away what, what this is yeah, about. Yeah. But it doesn't always work like that. You know, it doesn't. And 
I would always say to people, don't worry if the name can't deliver everything for the business because we've yeah. lots of other tools that can deliver the other messages. Of course, yeah. So it's kind of defining, is it the kind of business that needs the name to be explicit or can we be a bit more fun? What are the big goals for the project? We'd yeah. always set that out. And then we'd kind of have different buckets of like, okay, it could go down this direction, like heritage. Yeah. It could go down this direction. It could go futuristic. Like we'd pick different things of where it could go. And we'd usually work on it as a team yeah. initially, maybe yeah. a burst of an hour, often everybody standing up, just like jumping, firing names out there. Yeah. And then it would be a case one person might take it on or somebody might take on two buckets and somebody else would take on two buckets. And we'd kind of go deep then yeah. into the research. Is there anything there that we can really like strike on something really un- interesting and uh, then usually we'd allow quite a bit of time for this. We'd come back to it then a few days later as a team mm. and then we'd put it away again and then we'd come back to it again. And what you're testing there is, is it memorable, easy to recall? You know, so like we might talk about 50, 60 names and then the next day I just want, I'll straight away go, what one do I remember? And that's what you're kind of testing because you're kind of seeing who will who will remember these names. So yeah, we do. It's part, I think we all love it. It's really challenging. But it's exciting <laughs> but as well. It, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not always easy. Like sometimes there just isn't a very obvious way and you're trying to come up with something. So sometimes you're making up a word or like what's the point of making up that word? So yeah, you know, yeah. just knowing what you're trying to achieve, I suppose, is what helps us to then go really broad and then narrow back in, you know. And what's it like then when you pitch it to the client? Like, yeah. Are you afraid that they're going to say, no, I don't like that. And does it happen? Uh, oh, definitely. But I think we've a pretty good strike rate. But what? But usually I'd say to people like, okay, two things. Listen to your gut. Yeah. Sometimes your gut is telling you absolutely what you need to hear. Yeah. Is that you've a gut reaction that you love it. Yeah. And sometimes that gut is just like, maybe I don't get it or I don't know. Yeah. So it's a kind of giving, listen to the gut reaction, but then maybe take a week as well. You know, yeah. sit with it. Yeah. Loads of other factors. Is it available? Can we, you know, we'll have checked all of those things out by the time we're kind of presenting them back and stuff, you know. So we'll have a, a big logic behind why the name works. I actually have one great story about it where there was a team of people and yeah. it was a, we were helping them raise a lot of money, about 250 million. So there's a fund behind this and there was a group, a serious group of four people who, who all had their right to have a say and one person was a dead no for the name, just absolutely dead no. And the other three absolutely loved it. And somebody did ring me on a Saturday saying, like, can you do your best? You know, and I just rang the person and said, like, come in on Monday if you can. And we just had like sheets and sheets of paper to show where not just that this name secured it for them now, mm. but where it could go to like for the next project they had in mind and the next. And, and we had like the whole journey yeah. of why this name actually really helped. And he just totally got it then. So like, it's just, I get it. Like sometimes you just need to help someone see and the potential. And is it a famous name now? It's well known. And it got commented on by, um, uh, when it was launched, um, Simon Coveney made a big statement about the name, how the name was great. <laughs> so like, you know, it does work, but it's about um, bringing people with you. And yeah. like, well, we're never trying to put something down somebody's throat. Like if, if you don't like it, you don't like it. And you need to like the name that you're going to be saying for the next 10 years. So like it would be a very collaborative process as well, you know. And does it have to be 
I suppose easy to pronounce as well because there's a struggle with people when they try to pronounce brands sometimes yeah. you're nearly too smart with the board and then people can't see it yeah I think it's important but I think there's a few things happening that are really interesting right yeah. now and I wonder have you seen this as well yeah. so when I went to college like legibility was everything yeah. legibility was king mm. everything and now because we scroll 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 the trends you'd mm. see with fonts fonts are getting harder to read yeah. and the whole point of that is to slow you down stop you scrolling you know, and catch you, yeah. hook you in because you have to pause to read something. So I think it's the same. You'll see that coming in names that they won't be as obvious or they won't be as, you know, maybe it could be a strategy that it's not easy to pr- pronounce so that you stop and go, what was that? Now, yeah. I think memorability is a big thing. So I don't think it should be too difficult, you know. Um, but yeah, you yeah. want something that's you want to be really too clever. Like, yeah. and, and in terms of lint, you yeah. know, of the, the word you won't want something very long, I'd imagine either. No, do you know what I? The, probably my famous favorite naming story ever, because you know we did a lot of work with Keynes and Rolex, yeah, and we've done yeah. our third event with them now. But if you look into the history of Rolex, um, I never, I'm desperate at names, but the amazing guy who set up Rolex, uh, he was making watches for somebody else, and every six six watch he would put the Rolex name on it and just put it out there that's how he started his business okay, obviously well, not recommending that to anybody he done alright for himself he did great but he had a goal then talk about being a visionary yeah. that it would be five letters and pronounced internationally that was his vision Whoa. and he went through hundreds of names to get to the name Rolex I just think that is like a phenomenal story so yeah definitely you know, if you think there's loads of little things, if you think where your brand will live now, mm. it, you know, that it will live in a tiny little icon on Instagram or Twitter mm. or wherever, yeah. at, you know, what is it? Maximum eight millimeters wide, yeah. you know, so, you know, your name being really long might not work there. But have yeah. you got an icon that represents your name? So mm. like, there's loads of different evolving challenges, I would say. And you yeah. find it more and more companies are looking at that whole the handle part mm-hmm. because it rep- it's it's today's version of the website anyway yeah. whereby it, they look for, see is that free first before they start kind of oh, that's definitely fixating part on of, names yeah or definitely part of our naming now I think our naming strategy I think there are ways around it yeah. like if the name was great and that handle wasn't there I would never advise to not call the business that name you, you know you could put another word onto it exactly or yeah. like you know um I don't know. Like, like I did actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a tribe next to me because some person took the name somewhere else and never used it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't allow it to limit yeah. you because I think it's not really how we behave. We rarely yeah. seek out the full name when we go looking for somebody. True, you just yeah. put in the first few letters and they usually pop up in your feed or usually you're just coming happening upon them as you scroll. So I wouldn't allow it to dictate a whole business, mm. but I would be making somebody very aware of what the choices they're making in the moment, I suppose. Yeah. That, you mentioned Keynes there. One yeah. of the first projects I remember you doing that that really kind of caught my attention was, um, I think it was in the Crawford. Yeah. And it was like, he froze a he watch froze or something Rolex, yeah. in ice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's a great like example of where we started to evolve as a business. So yeah. Patrick Keane came to me and we were recommended to them by Kiri's and by Bill Kiri and I suppose, you know, Patrick said to me, we need to do an event. And I said, like, we've never done an event before. But like, it just, we and, and since then, we've only done around five really high, high-end ones. Yeah. And we've had amazing mm-hmm. feedback. So I suppose it's just the same approach. We take the same approach, whether we're naming, yeah. whether we're doing an event, whether we're doing an interior. It's like, this has to resonate with people. It has to make them feel, has to connect with them, has to excite them. So I suppose 
that was such an amazing project for us and um, really very proud of it still. And I know Keen's are as well. Yeah. But it basically they tore 150 collection um, at the time it was 150 watches for Rolex. There was a lot less available this year. Rolex are in high, high demand. Um, but I suppose it was about telling the story in a new way and yeah. exciting people. Yeah. And so when we started looking at them, we could see they they really are works of art. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal in how they're made and the commitment and the commitment they have as a business to the environment and the philanthropy behind it. And so I suppose we immediately kind of went their works of art. So we put them in the Crawford Gallery, but that was unexpected. So when this very kind of, I suppose, the audience, when we think of the audience who were invited, they go to lots of events. So yeah. how do we excite them? So they hadn't seen something being positioned that way and we sent them a really cool invite so that caught their attention and I suppose from a success point of view we had 250 people turn up to that event Brilliant. and the <clears throat> one of the competitors in Dublin would have had 70 the night before so oh. I think most people know the demographic who can afford yeah. Rolex even still it would be higher in Dublin so achieving 250 at that event was a big deal and people loved it and they still talk about it and the whole point of freezing the Rolex was that it was the watch that could withstand this depth, this pressure. You can dive, I think, to nearly as low as the Mariana Trench, which Whoa. is mind boggling. And um, so we were trying to, yeah. uh, you know, we were we were illustrating that, that yeah. this can withstand this pressure. But I'm terrified that it would break or anything. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Rolex were. <laughs> Gavin Shorns. Um, no, so basically we have this line that's fundamental to everything we do, yeah. which is that brave clients lead to brave work. Yeah. Yeah. And so in fairness to the Keens across the board, they made the decision to do that because mm -hmm. we went right up the chain in Rolex and nobody could guarantee yeah. that it would work. I mm -hmm. could only on some Reddit thread way down in the depths yeah. could find some guy who had frozen a very old Rolex. Yeah. Um, so there was no guarantee. And the whole thing with the Crawford was we had to have the room turned back which we did have by the morning and there was all these set times we had to have people out by a certain mm. time but nobody wanted to leave because they were watching us blow torch the Rolex out of the big block of ice and um, Patrick took it home in a block of ice and rang me the next morning to say it was working thank God Left it up on yeah. the mantelpiece yeah. and hoped that it melted uh, and it did the end of the day. and yeah. it worked thank God but yeah that's what I mean like you can't do that without a client who's willing to come with you and have fun and and sees the bigger potential and people loved it and still talk about it six years later. So I suppose that's what we're kind of yeah. intent on impact, intent on exciting people. But that fun element, I remember like I think when you launched the official name of Chapter and stuff like that, I think I might have been in Red FM at the time. I remember one day I was inside, it could have been around Valentine's Day. Yeah, oh yeah, the balloons. Yeah, so next thing this big box <laughs> arrives. That. yeah. Big giant box arrives from me and I said, what's inside in the box? So I cut the box up. Next thing a balloon pops up into the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that caught my attention straight yeah. away. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day to everyone at Red FM or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's, you know, it's smart. Like, it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But it brings a smile to people's faces. And then, of course, you'll just remember that brand straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And Val I always think Valentine's one is a fun one and I'm, just time we need more time now to do stuff for our own yeah, brand yeah. yeah but we still have a bit of time that happens yeah. though as, as you yeah. progress yes you're you're too busy to work on your own brand on our own brand yeah, yeah 100% and I made a promise to the team that I won't say this again so my granny who I was very close to used to say the cobbler's child has no shoes yeah and I've allowed that to kind of excuse away where mm. we don't work on our own brand but I'm not doing that anymore it's really important we have a really great team doing mm. really great work and it's important we get our story out there so um, thanks for this opportunity but it's just yeah I'm not going to allow uh, 
I'm not going to use that term anymore. You know, yeah, we, we yeah. are going to make time for do our it, brand. Yeah. 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 And like you, you've, you've worked with loads of what I would call Cox premier brands. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Keens, you mentioned Keery's, you mentioned Fota. You know, like they're, they're kind of real prestigious t- type of brands. I know you work with small companies as yeah, well. Yeah, we like, do. Yeah. It must be exciting to work with those kind of household names that. Yeah. I love it. I suppose that was back to when you were talking about the publishing and then I moved into brand. I suppose I always was interested in brands and yeah. what, and I've always been interested in the luxury market to yeah. my own detriment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, you know, I I just excites me. And mm. um, like we just rebranded Castle Martyr and we've just done the restaurant down there for Terre with Van Sant Kreppel. Incredible. Um, so just getting to work at that level with people is just... Um, just helping everybody get clear on their vision and yeah. then finding ways of executing that vision. It's just it's something I've never tired of. I just absolutely love it. feel very lucky to do it, you and, know. And to do that, you mentioned you brought Simon into the team, but I presume yeah. you had to bring a lot of people with yeah. different expertise. 100%. We've had amazing people work with us over the years. Yeah. And um, and it's a real fun part of it. Like, I love people. I love, yeah. you know, um, I love working with people. And I suppose... People have been very good to me, um, yeah. but we've evolved and I think the pandemic was a challenge for us. And then we kind of needed to like yeah. stabilize our team after that. So that was a lot of last year. So we really have a great core team now. Mm. And um, yeah, just, I'm excited about what. Oh, was that part scary? Like, like did business get quiet all of a sudden? It did. Yeah. yeah, we lost 75% of our work overnight. So we were oh. theatres. Um, cafes, restaurants, and yeah, because you'd be yeah. big in the hospitality sector. We were, yeah. 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 So we were really heavily slanted that way. So, but I don't know. Like my brother-in-law died six months before that, and I was with him yeah. in an accident when he died. So I suppose I didn't go into the pandemic in the best place yeah. to guide a business through yeah. a pandemic. I was yeah. very grie- grieving a lot, and I had um complex PTSD. Um, so I just wasn't in the best place to navigate yeah, a pandemic, I yeah. would say, even though I'm really proud of the work we've done and how we've come through it. And but that's the team that's having a team to be able to help you through things like that. You know, you were based in the Mall then as well. Wasn't we were. It? Yeah, that was pre the pandemic. And we had a great like so we I suppose that was an important one about the interiors as well. When we moved out of the house, we moved into a space in Middleton and that kind of coincided with, if you remember, the launch of Instagram stories. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I suppose I had Hugh kind of over there, yeah. you know, involved in like, what would he have been then? Maybe five or six, yeah. you know, um, and kind of shared the story of him helping me create that space yeah. and people kind of warmed to that and that kind of grew a following for us. And that helped us, I suppose, that gorgeous little space helped us get a lot of interior work. Yeah. And then we grew, I grew there and we went to the mall. And then um, after the pandemic, we've moved to Horgan's Key. So we're really oh you've moved yeah again. yeah oh. we're we're in Horgan's Key now which is fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah it's a uh, we're right in the heart of everything that's kind of going on the right shift now. in the city where yeah. everything is moving down the keys and yeah it's bringing back it's bringing back the old part of the city where, yeah. which had loads of people working there for years with Dunlops and boards and yes, all that kind exactly. of stuff. There's a real energy there. And I think it's for me it's connecting back to the rowing. I spent so much oh, time yeah, on yeah, that yeah. river looking up at this space mm. and now I sit sometimes on the second floor and I look down at the river and I just kind of like being near there makes me happy and we're just kind of watching the city evolve from there and there's really I mean there's amazing businesses in there that we're getting to connect with so yeah, and you, were, you were saying well ago you're excited about the future yeah 
and I know that you've done an event recently where you're talking about the trends for the yes, year ahead. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. What happened at that thing? That we got great feedback at that. I suppose like it, it's been really interesting from our business point of view, actually moving into somewhere like Oregon Ski mm. and seeing that businesses see us as a graphic design and maybe a logo and and that's something as a design industry I think we really have to get better at telling the yeah, story and yeah. letting people see what it is we actually do yeah. so it's the business strategy that leads to the brand and so I, I mean we have to be culturally aware we have to be aware of trends we have to be aware of like what's happening in the world the divisiveness that's yeah, there yeah. why how can design help to heal yeah. you know how can yeah. uh, there's so much that with our skills that we can help with, I suppose. And so we would always be looking at the trends and what's coming up next year. But um, so we decided, um, well, I decided that we were going to have this morning and like bring everybody in. And yeah. I just ended up like doing a lot of work to get them ready for it. But it was really great. And I think it wasn't just about trends. It's easy to kind of collate a lot of trends and tell people, but it's why trends happen yeah. and why specifically the trends that are happening right now why they're playing out as they are. So it was really interesting and people and a lot of the feedback that we got was really interesting. So it's definitely from a brand perspective and people understand a lot more. It's like two clear goals that people would know that we work across industry intentionally Mm. because trends that are happening in one are influencing another. So we don't niche down all my career. I've been told to niche and I don't want to and intentionally. And it's just like what you'll see happening it, you know, in one in one area is influencing what's happening in another. Yeah. So we stay aware of that. And then I suppose ultimately that we're what brand actually is and that it's many things and it's video and it's animation and we're actually designing products at the moment for somebody. Whoa. So like, it's amazing that, yeah, we have 28 products designed and it'll take about a year to come out. But it's just, I suppose, for people to see the capabilities that we had. Yeah, yeah. But some of the best feedback was like, even from a parenting perspective, that people realised that the skills that their kids have yeah. are suited <laughs> to the future that's coming. Yeah. And that was probably the best, like an unforeseen outcome of the day, yeah. but it made me so happy. And what are yeah. those skills? Like, so I suppose I am a bit obsessed with the metaverse and yeah. I can't stand up here as a metaverse expert because nobody yeah, can, yeah. right? Because nobody yeah. actually knows, but... I suppose what I've learned about it is that probably the thing that's closest to the metaverse of the future is Fortnite right now. Yeah, so I don't know where yeah, you're into gaming. Yeah. I'm not, but yeah, <laughs> okay. my son plays it the odd time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so my son and my stepdaughter are just like obsessed with it yeah. and play it a lot. And so one of the things is I just, I, I think one of the things that I see is that the skills they're learning there yeah. are going to be what they will need in the future in terms of their career. Mm. Um, and I, I suppose how I ended up seeing that was, um, I think most people know that gaming bec- can become a pressure point for parents yeah. and that if you want your child to come off, there can be a meltdown. Yeah. And it was through a conversation with a play therapist where she really allowed me to see that they're actually in the space. They they have really gone into that world. Yeah. So if you just open the door and say, come off because we're going, like that's such a hard transition for them. It's yeah. such a shock yeah. to their system and they're not ready to come off. So she just really skillfully taught me to just you know stand there for five minutes and go, where are you? How are you getting on? Are you winning? Are you losing? Who's yeah. on your team? And you're just slowly bringing them back to re- actual reality, okay. not the yeah. virtual reality yeah. that they're in. Yeah. But in that then, that allowed me to go in because to be honest, I would just see the screen, see the yeah. colours yeah. and didn't really understand yeah. what was going yeah. on. Um, and 
so I suppose that allowed me to kind of just get an insight into the world and what they're actually mm-hmm. doing. And so it's fascinating how they're behaving in there. So one of the things that I noticed and a couple of people said it again on Thursday as well, they will pay, play either male or female avatar they yeah, do, they, yeah. skin. They don't, um, you know, my son doesn't will really play. Matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. And there's no, um, no big deal yeah. either. It's just what mood they're in that day. And it's the control they have in their lives at 10 or 11 to be able to go in. They have a whole wardrobe full of things. They just choose. Yeah. Do they have like rocket blasters today or do they yeah. have like, a? are they a massive banana? Like yeah. what is it they are today? And they're fully in control of so much of their life when they're in that world that you can really understand the draw, like why they would want to be playing. Yeah. And then the other thing, it's it's really a team. Like you'd see they work as a team, um, you know, to win. They support each other. They bring each other back to life. There's like all these transferable skills that are or they annoy each other and they figure out how why that person's annoying yeah, them yeah, or, you yeah. know, they have to learn how to navigate so many skills while they're playing. So um, I just think it's and you see why it, what is interesting is it's it's influencing what's happening in fashion right now. It's influencing yeah. what's happening in beauty right now. And if you watch the big, the big luxury um, brands, you know, like they are massively focused on the metaverse and that will tell you, you know, where yeah, things are going. I know probably for the younger kids be below that age, because I remember my two playing it a few years back and I see other small kids playing it, the likes of Roblox and things yeah. like that. And Nike went in there yeah. and created their own Nike world. And, you know, yeah. you can see that. And then... I see. I was watching them one day, and next thing, Coca Cola were there, and Domino's yeah. were there, and kind of like, yeah, it's subliminal. It's yeah, but they're totally interacting with those brands in there, yeah. and that's like, and Roblox would be another really good example. Yeah. And then that's probably the biggest misconception about the metaverse that it's going to be one place. It won't be one place. You will still go in and access it the same way we now go to Google, or we go to Facebook, yeah. or we yeah. go to Instagram. So you will access it in multiple different ways, and you will align with certain brands. But one of the, I probably the most a key turning point that I thought was so exciting was on. Um, so you you will understand the model of uh, Fortnite is free, yeah. And then every kind of six eight months, I haven't figured out what the pattern is. Mm. They will have a new season, yeah. So it shuts down for twenty four hours, and there's a big launch. And some of the launches are bigger than others. So there was a launch with Ariana Grande, oh. and it was on a Saturday night at nine o'clock. Now, as much as I support gaming, and I'm really really into allowing gaming because I think it's a massive skill mm. set. Um, there's rules yeah, <laughs> so we yeah. do not game at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night yeah, because yeah. you might not sleep um, but both Hugh and Oneen really really wanted to watch this so yeah. I said if we were going to do it we'd do it as a family so instead of a movie we'd all watch the Ariana Grande yeah. uh, launch and we all had popcorn and I just think that moment was such a gift because I, like, it was like seeing the future so they were down on their knees with their controllers yeah, yeah. with their friends and basically they're in their skins and Ariana Grande is as close to them as you are to me. And it's for all the world, like she's singing to just the six of them. Yeah. And there is no way that a concert or anything is going to be able to compete yeah. with that in the yeah. future for them. So the future is going to look very different. It's going to be very exciting. They're set up for it. We are totally not set up for it. But once yeah. the tipping point will be when they have purchasing power. So in the next six to what eight years... Happen, Things will change rapidly. So I suppose I feel like we have to be very aware of that. We have to see how that is currently influencing trends, which it is. You'll see like that cafes being designed where they look a little bit more like digital. So the blend. So what's happening is the virtual world is beginning to um, influence the real world. So like 
Crosby Studios did this amazing cafe. Uh, or sorry, I think it was a pizza place, actually. And it will look almost like Minecraft. It's very pixelated. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll have like an NFT for that you can get like tokens. And, yeah. you know, it's all gamified. So you see it's kind of coming down the tracks. And then um, I suppose digital fashion is is just exploding and I suppose I personally was like why would I want that I couldn't see why I would you want that couldn't understand it but yeah. when you join up the dots of course they will want that they've grown up mm. with having this very elaborate clothing option so when they put their profile picture up on probably won't be Instagram but let's say Instagram yeah, for yeah. example it won't be static and it will have wings and it will have you know yeah. some form of a kind of a skin that they will have paid for and they will pay for it not just in Fortnite they might pay for it elsewhere so that's why you see a lot of people moving into that space um, and I think there's growing pains like I tried to get our team all in digital fashion prior to Christmas you know and this company is considered really hot right now and sure we haven't we haven't yeah. gotten anything yeah. back yeah. from them yet because yeah. I suppose they're kind of scaling too rapidly but it's just interesting to see it all playing out and yeah, they're the kind of things that... And yeah, it's you, a bit different from the metaverse that a lot of people would associate with Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Well, you see, he's kind of considered the like, he's trying to own the metaverse, but he's like, he's kind of considered, I, I with respect, like a bit yawn about it yeah, all. Like yeah. his, at the same time where you have Fortnite, like moving forward with Ariana yeah. Grande, he put out that really you've probably seen it like that picture of him that looks more like really childlike more like something that's very different yeah it's, it's, it's trying to be like our own version of life on a exactly. digital pixels or something like yeah, yeah. Where, where that's not what people like people's reality is challenging so when they go into virtual reality they're looking for escapism yeah. whereas he's like mirroring reality in a very mm. I would say almost more like visual style that's more like bluey or yeah. like a real small children's cartoon whereas it's actually like it's older kids who, you know, have a real yeah. barometer for what's yeah. cool. And he he has not kind of hit that. No, I, I, I'm not watching what he's doing in that regard. I don't think he'll be leading. And is, that, you know? is it the case so that brands need to be prepared for that? Even small like, yeah. companies listening to this. Like, do you know the main reason why? Because they're they will be employing these people. Okay. And how do we excite them? And yeah. this is like, there's a talent war. There's a retention mm. war. It's like... These are the employees of the future. So I suppose that's one of the things we help people a lot with is employer brand. Yeah. So I would say for the vast majority of my career, it was brand in terms of acquiring customers. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas there's a real shift to brand and, you know, retaining and attracting team yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing and helping, I suppose, businesses to understand that your values have to align with the values of the team you're trying to to hire and some companies don't understand no. that so they don't they, no. they don't understand that people want to believe in a brand I understand it though because it's just so different to how it's always been yeah. so I suppose that's the role I see us playing It's that's why I would show you where the world is going not because it's it's important right now but it will be important in two to three years time yeah. so it's, I suppose we I would see our role as helping people to stay really mm. far ahead mm. make the decisions now that set you up for then yeah. you know just do a workshop now not because you're maybe going to implement stuff now, but you're aware. And as opportunities come your way, you can make a kind of informed yeah. decision instead of just, yeah, it's going to change rapidly. It is changing rapidly. And it's, and then we have all these outside factors like a war and things that we can't control. Yeah, yeah. But there are certain things that are a little bit more predictable and are interesting. And it's about helping people, I suppose, see why it's relevant for yeah, them. You yeah. know, that kind of way. So when we talk in really broad terms, it's hard to kind of 
draw the relevance. But when we work with clients individually, yeah. we will show them why that trend is potentially relevant to them. And many yeah. of the same people probably dismissed social 10 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago, yeah. you know. Websites the same, yeah. you know. It's we a, go through yeah. this change every couple of, yeah. every decade or so. There's something yeah. new shifts. Yeah, and it's moving faster than that now. Like I would say, like, it's really interesting to talk about interiors that way just to kind of, I think I use this example a lot. You know, years ago, mm. if if something was happening, say, here in Cork, in terms of a style of a cafe, you know, it probably meant that like 15 years ago it was happening in New York or 12 yeah. years ago and then it filtered to London and then mm. it filtered to Dublin and then it filtered to here. It's just all happening all at the same time. Now, I would say I find that a bit, boring like I'm okay. like you know everything's yeah. going to become very much the same and true the same. creativity yeah. is going to have to find its place and I did see like a really sad uh, post coming up today where some poor designer um, you know got a message saying that their Pinterest board was going to be given to I don't know was it chat GPT or some mm-hmm. AI anyway yeah. to create the brand instead of this guy and sorry about that and then you know but the guy the Pinterest board was filled with this this guy's work his yeah. his creativity yeah. Yeah. so we're in a really challenging interesting time and I have more questions than I have answers but yeah. I'm just aware yeah. of the challenges that and we do have to be seeing. careful we do have to be careful, I, I suppose, in terms of letting technology mm-hmm. kind of take over everything in exactly. many ways. Because yeah. there is that fear as well. Yeah. Th- that oh, we definitely. live in that world too much. Definitely. Um, I would see that around gaming. And I suppose that's why I feel passionate about just just allowing people to like see yeah. that there are some strengths in it. Mm. And I can see why it becomes a flashpoint in parenting yeah. because of that, that they're so immersed in it and coming off it is really, really hard. But actually, there's huge skills happening there. I would have used this example a lot lately, but, you know, Hugh is really into cities and city building. And so there's a game like some Minecraft people would be very familiar with, but I suppose he loves that, but he was looking for more of a challenge. And so there's a game called City Skylines that's really, really real. Like it's it's closer to what real buildings and houses look like. And he, um, I suppose, you know, he really wanted to succeed in that game. But actually, you're not going to do much in an hour. Like yeah. you just not. So you need, it's like allowing him time to build, yeah, to, build it, yeah. to build and, but also allowing, so seeing what the game is actually about mm. and witnessing that he has to, when he's building this city, he has to understand what a city needs. So he needs to know the foundations of a city. He needs to know where storage needs to go, where rubbish needs to go. And then his population starts to grow. Then he will, his population will start dying and he'll realize he doesn't have enough education so now he has to put in education. Then they need entertainment. So you and it grows and grows. So he, I suppose, I realized he really got enjoyment out of it, but he wanted to get better at it. So I had to give him a little bit more time. So it wasn't like just no to gaming. It was like, what are you gaming? That yeah. what what are you going on? And then this time last year, I'm I'm doing the proud mom thing now. But this time last year, he set a goal for like a city of eighty five thousand. And in October, he reached 100,000, which is considered a mega city. And I put that, I was so proud of him. I put it up on LinkedIn and I got 35,000 impressions and people from all over the world of all ages saying that they um, are grown adults and they couldn't get their city to that, you know. So I just, you know, and you know, when I stepped back and I said, what did it mean to you to play that game? Like, what have you learned? And he said, I learned that everybody has the right to a safe home. Yeah, interesting. That much. Yeah, so, so that like, a game can teach somebody that so much, you know. Yeah. But you have to give them space to do it too. Yeah. So I suppose yeah. it's because the world that I operate in, yeah. I see that uh, I see the connections. I see how 
basically I see what he can manage like if they're gaming and what they can be aware of on yeah. a screen in terms of complexity yeah. you know and just the dexterity of their hands versus their eye movement there's like loads of skills and also just opening them up to what's happening in the world um, you know they have amazing conversations when they're playing it I can hear them like yeah. you know so I just think it's uh, there's loads of benefits I see the challenges I'm yeah. not naive to them but I think they're talked about all the time so I think it's good that maybe somebody talks about the positives so the future of chapter could be you taking over and building cities around the world or who I'd, knows, you know? I, I Look, I have really creative stepdaughters, nieces and nephews yeah, and yeah. if any of them want to be involved, yeah. I'll be more than happy. But it's up to Hugh what he'll want to do with his life. But, uh, you know, he he has an amazing creativity. Yeah. And I just witnessed that. That's all. And, and you're letting him flourish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah he is very talented that way. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for, for people listening that if they do have kids that are creative, let them be. You know? And don't fear it. I yeah. And that's kind of off the back of the trends, which was all about trends and really, really interesting. It was a lot of people got onto me afterwards and said they were less worried about their kids mm. and that they can actually see that there's like a path for them. Yeah. And like that made me so happy because I think like creativity can solve so many things. Yeah. It's just a positive way of viewing the world. It's an empathetic way of viewing yeah. the world, I suppose. And that's a, a lot of creatives are empaths and the more of that that's there, the better. And parents just realizing that it's a skill set, um, you know, yeah. is a really important thing because we all just like that's the fundamental human right. We want to be seen and we want to be valued. So and creativity has led you from going to not wanting to even go to college at one stage yeah. to now having an, uh, an agency. With how many people? We're five, six. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're clients in across loads of different industries yeah, working yeah. on really exciting projects. Yeah, we work on everything from like copywriting to product design to interiors to video to animation, motion graphics. Like it's really complex and but all combined by it's to connect. Yeah. Like that's ultimately yeah. that goal is to connect, connect with, with people. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, creativity that connects. That's our, our purpose. <laughs> we usually finish up the podcast with oh, yeah. three questions. Okay. So the first one is, and this should be right up your street. Um, What tip would you give another business to build a brand? to probably step out and and be, get really clear on what it is you're trying to achieve mm. and to get really clear on what the gap is and what the audience wants to hear. Yeah. You know, just get really clear. I think there's a lot, and I know it myself, so like sometimes you're just so busy and you just keep going, but getting clear on what you're actually trying to achieve. On who you yeah. are, what what the brand is about. Yeah, what you stand for. And and why I would say that is it always often evolves. Like our business isn't yeah. what it was when yeah. it started 10 yeah. years ago. And so it's giving yourself a bit of space to mm. evaluate, I think, and step back. I mean, why would you want to be about the same thing as you were about six months yeah. ago? You know, we're going to keep evolving. It'd be so, boring anyway. Yeah. yeah. So give yourself space to to kind of reevaluate. Yeah. Give space. And the second question is, what tip would you give an individual to build their own brand? And you've, you've yeah. definitely built your own brand yeah, over the yeah. years. But That's a really interesting topic because that was a lot of what we spoke about personal branding the other yeah. day as well. So I think that's connected to anxiety that's in the world right now. Like people yeah. know that they are like it's it's Instagram's trend for the year, this main character energy. Right. So I'm the star of my own show. There is no I'm not the bit player, yeah. you know, and so people are aware that they can potentially have it all. But yeah. that's comes with a pressure and people don't know. Mm. So again, it's back to like what makes you happy. That's yeah. what I would say. What drives you listening? I think if I was to think back to me in my 20s, mm. I was looking out for answers and really you need to go in for answers, go quiet, reflect, 
see what floats your boat, see what excites you and get clear on that. And then when you know what your values are, you can get clear on other businesses. Now, most businesses will post what their values are on their Instagram or on their website or it'll be easy to access them and you can see if you align. Like that's what I would say. Yeah. Get clear on your values. And the last question, we have a new sponsor on the show this year called Skillsbase. Every week we're looking at to see what's the key skill in your industry. So for you as a creative director, Mm -hmm. what's the most important skill? So there's so many. If if you were looking at where you need to skill up, it would be motion graphics. I think that there isn't a brand that goes out of our place now that doesn't have some form of motion attached to it. So if I'm looking at where we'll continue to hire, it will be around motion. And does that fit in with what you were talking about in terms of the metaverse and stuff like that as well, where it's kind of this animated world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we will, that every brand will have some sort of animation to them. Yeah. And that just every, like even type, like we animate type, like it's just movement is, um, we're living in a more kind of complex world with bigger things to solve and, you know, speed and how we can communicate is really important. So motion can tend to make, allow things to stay exciting and to happen quickly. So it's, it's, you know what, linked to the TikTok, you know, trend as well of things yeah. happening in like 15 seconds. So yeah. if if we can make something move, yeah. you know, somebody is going to understand it at a deeper level. It's going to be more memorable and it's going to be more exciting. So we'll get their attention in the first place. So, yeah, I would think it's a it's a big skill to I have. Deirdre, thanks a million for coming in. It's been a fantastic talk and, you know, I'd say a very exciting couple of years ahead for Chapter as well. And looking forward to See where where you go next. Thanks a million. It's great to talk to you and love what you're doing. Thanks a million. That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skillsbase app, which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.